Hello ladies, uh, good morning. Welcome back to day three of the Created for Strength conference. I'm so glad you're here, so glad you're listening in. And if you think of anyone who might appreciate these or enjoy these or just someone comes to mind while you're watching them, feel free to invite them to the group and they can uh, join the group, listen in, um, or just click on the link, click on a link for one of the videos and they can uh, tune in that way as well. Uh, I saw that some people had shared the videos yesterday. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's really cool. Uh, I got lots of messages last night about um, just different people sharing with me how the Lord is working in their life through this conference and just different things that he has been speaking to them. And one of the things that kept coming up yesterday was how strength, is vulnerability. And actually, it kept coming up um, both days, how strength and vulnerability are tied together. Um, and so that's just something that I've been thinking about, about how, you know, we need to be open with each other and share with each other, not just our end result or when we get to something, but share the process along the way too. Uh, if you don't share your process, then it's hard for people to know how to get the same result that you got. Um, so whatever it is, you know, if you are going through a struggle, um, a tough time, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> every single person in this uh, conference has had a different difficulty, a different struggle. And by them sharing those struggles with other people and sharing, you know, what it looked like for them to walk through that, that right there helps other people to walk through it. If you just share, you know, yes, it was a tough time, and then here I am today, you know, um, or here's how, you know, the end result when I got past it, that sort of thing, but you don't share the journey along the way, then, you know, people, they're like, well, I can never do that, or I'm stuck here in the struggle. How do I get there? How do I get um, past the struggle, or how do I make it through? Um, how do I know there's hope? That sort of thing. By sharing our stories, uh, including our struggles, that can give other people hope. And, you know, that's just thinking the body of Christ. We are here to build up and strengthen and encourage each other. And that's what this whole conference is about. So anyway, so glad you're here. Uh, a lot of people were sending me messages and what they had to say was building me up and strengthening me and encouraging me. Uh, we're halfway through the conference and I still have a lot to do, a lot of details to make sure it all falls into place. But it was just a good reminder that, hey, this is the Lord's. This is not my conference. Um, I didn't pick the speakers. I, you know, even as I was interviewing them, I had no idea what they were going to say. Most of them, I didn't know much about them at all. And, um, you know, for a lot of them, my first time ever having a conversation with them was while I was interviewing them. And so it's just so cool to see how the Lord brought people to me and how he's using their stories and their journeys, their adventures with God to teach other people. Um, all right, so let's jump in. Our first speaker today is Danielle McCauley, and she and her husband um, are both very involved in different things and in ministry um, and in writing and blogging and all sorts of things she'll share with you. 
Um, but it was cool to just hear her talk about how, you know, their process of how they've helped each other uh, with their vision. Um, you know, some visions they've had together and they've been working together on things. And then other things, you know, it's one person's strength. Um, and then in other things, it's the other person's strength. So how they've worked together with that. Uh, her, her mission really is just to encourage and strengthen women. And um, yeah, so I'm excited for you guys to hear what she had to say. And we'll jump right into that interview. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me. Um, first off, could you give people just like a 30 second intro to who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, so my name is Danielle McCauley and um, I am an author, a blogger, and a speaker. And today here, I am here to encourage and motivate women to um, cultivate strength, which I love stuff. Um, uh, and oh my goodness, I could say, we'll just leave it there for now, yeah. Yeah, well, let's step back a little bit and talk about um, your story, your background, how you got to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, I grew up going to church. I grew up um, a woman of faith. I wouldn't always say necessarily a strong woman. Um, and uh, when I was very young, I was 20 when I got married, 19 engaged, and so very young. Um, and I moved to um, a town called Greenwich, Connecticut. It's one of the wealthiest towns in the world and, and moved there and my world changed um, just pastoring. Um, my husband was a music and youth pastor there and um, it was just like night and day for me and I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that. Um, and then we, uh, my husband's a musician so we toured and traveled after that, after pastoring for quite a while and I was his booking agent. And um, I think um, when you say, how did you get to where you are now? Um, I was thinking about that question and truly it comes down to obedience. Um, I never aspired to be an author, a speaker, um, what I'm doing right now, never saw it in the cards at all. Um, and really what it came down to was me being faithful in the little things. And um, so I was my husband's booking agent for about a decade. And um, just one day, some of the things going on, um, in our church and um, what how the Lord was working in me was really the a day that he told me, Danielle, you're going to write a book about this. And this was about eight years ago. And I, you know, what? <laughs> Not me? I haven't written a thing. Um, and so after a little bit of convincing, I started writing quietly for years. And now I know, Steph, you're about to have your fourth, you said, your fourth baby. So this was um, right after I had had my first baby. I was in the thick of just motherhood. And um, so it was real just obedience um, to on nap times. And after, you know, he got put to bed, I started writing and I started um, schooling myself on, on all of this stuff and letting the Lord download things to me. And so this new book is really the reason that I began writing. From there, I started a blog and just kind of building a community of women that I could speak into. Um, and it was really me being faithful in the little things. And one thing I wanted to, I knew I wanted to share with um, the women who are watching right now is um, I think when we are doing the little things, we can often have woe is me moments. We can often um, think there's something bigger and better. 
when we're raising kids, um, when our life gets derailed from our dreams and the bigger things out there. And one night when I was having kind of a woe is me moment in that it was at a large event that my husband was at. And there was another um, really um, a woman who was married to a very famous man. And if I said who it was, you most of you would know the name. Um, they're a Christian couple in Hollywood. And she said to me, Danielle, everything that you're doing for Dan, your husband right now, every brick you're laying to build that bridge for, for him to you know, build his career and his dreams and his success, what you're not realizing is every brick you're laying, you're laying it for yourself as well. Because what's Dan gonna do? He's gonna walk over that bridge and he's gonna turn around and he's gonna grab you, grab your hand and take you along with him. And that is truly how I am where I am now, was being faithful in the little things behind the scenes, um, just being obedient to the Lord and what he wanted me to do. And sure enough, I've just easily um, walked into, not that it hasn't been hard work and I haven't you know, been um, proactive, but the Lord has just been opening doors and ushering me into his calling and, and purpose for my life. So yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to take in, isn't it? <laughs> no, I love that you share that, that you know, you were in the middle of parenting a newborn and, you know, figuring all of that out, but, and the Lord, you felt like the Lord called you to something, but that didn't mean it was jump ahead, you know, so many years straight to that. Yeah. You were still, okay, well, this is still what I'm doing right now. Um, and like you said, you know, a lot of times when I put my kids down for a nap, it's like, okay, you know, now I get time to breathe, but then it's like, okay, well, if the Lord was having you do something, it's, am I going to be obedient in that right now or not? Right. Yeah. What were, what were some of the struggles um, that you walked through with that uh, during that season? Some of, I mean, time, tiredness, obviously. Um, and also I think just um, how do I do this and partner with my husband and, and um, you know, he was such in a forefront he, um, of what he was doing. And um, the cool thing is I have such a supportive husband. And so roles have reversed now. And he actually has been supporting me and been the, wing, the wind beneath my wings kind of thing. And we've, um, we've partnered together in our journey. And so it was a struggle to do that switch. But now um, it's just been really cool to see how we're both flourishing. Our ministries, ministries are flourishing and um, we're working together. But definitely, I would say just carving out space and knowing what's important, even more than the tiredness, is, um, is key and valuable to prioritize and even get up early. There were times I'd get up before my boys were up and, and do all of, the, um, all of the consistency things, all of the, you know, going to the Y, doing my devotions, so then I had more time to really tackle everything else, yeah. Yeah. Time is always a big thing, but yeah, I like that you mentioned too consistency, you know, yeah. where if it's something that you're working toward or working on, it takes that consistency yeah. to, to do that. To say yes to other good or sorry, no to other good things and just prioritize and know what is best and what, and you know, anybody will make time for what they feel is important. So is this mission important? Then put that at the top of the list. Yeah. 
So what are some ways that the Lord um, has gifted you and, you know, some strengths that you see that he is using in you, both, you know, for you and your family, but also for other people beyond that? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, looking back, um, and I had said I never really have, um, I never really meant to do this or had a dream to do what I'm doing. Um, I think I had giftings and talents there and present, you know, speaking in front of people, um, you know, not being afraid. I'm not a, a shy, um, quiet person, that kind of thing. Um, and writing a little bit, um, but there were other things I was pursuing um, that probably I shouldn't have been. Um, and really what I would say the gift is, um, is really, um, again, being obedient, but also being vulnerable and being um, willing to, um, and moldable and teachable, being willing to allow the Lord to, to work on me and then share it with other people. Um, and the, the story, the real um, power of the word and the message is my testimony and the story. And that's what God's gifted me with, which didn't always seem like a gift. Um, but now um, it's cool to see what the Lord has done in me. Um, and me being able to um, use that to encourage and empower other women. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, you know, what has the Lord called you to in this season of your life? And it sounds like it's, you know, very much tied to your book and all yeah. things that are coming together with that. So I'd love, yeah. I'd love for you I to share more about that. I have it here. So this new book is called, can you see there? I don't know if, you can, if it's shown up. Why can't we all just get along? Um, and this is, uh, directly for the women of the church. Um, now, I said I grew up in church. I um, was in ministry for years. We pastored. And something I realized was um, all of us Christian girls aren't all <laughs> um, getting along the same way. You know, you see the shows like Housewives of Orange County and the Kardashians, and there's a lot of um, things going on in the world that um, women aren't getting along and we're encouraged to compete and compare ourselves and um, all of that. Um, but I was noticing more and more that this kind of thing is going on with the women in the church. And it did, and it was with me. And I share very candidly um, those things in my life. And so right now, this is just, it's so cool because this has been an eight-year-long baby that's being born. And I know that this is my mission to share with the women of the church that we can all get along um, the subtitle is A Recipe for Success in Your Relationships. And um, ultimately, so wouldn't you know, God gave us um, advice in his word of how we can be confident within ourselves so that we can then cheer one, one another on and lift and build one another up rather than tear each other down or be jealous and envious of one, any, one another, catty, um, compare and compete. Um, and so uh, the Lord knows and the enemy knows that when women unite, we are forced to be reckoned with. So that's my mission right now. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's jump into that a little bit. One of, uh, you know, the main thing on this summit is strength and being a woman of strength. And it seems like that ties so much to what you're talking about. So I'd love yeah. to hear, you know, what's your definition of strength? Um, and then has that changed over the past few years or over the past 10 years? Okay, yeah. Um, so it's funny, in I think chapter three or four um, of this book, um, it's actually on comparison. 
but I'm gonna apply it to being um, a woman of strength and how I actually have been empowered and are find and finding strength. And it was just a little revelation that I um, had a download from the Lord I had one day many years ago about the Israelites. And um, many of us would know the story of how they were going through the desert, trying to make it to the promised land. And before that happened, they were told they had to go to um, Canaan. They had to go scout things out in the promised land to see what they were up against. And wouldn't you know, they found a bunch of giants. And these were Israelites who had been probably weak. They'd been eating manna and quail and, um, you know, probably really frustrated and tired. And what did they discover was a bunch of really strong guys. And most of the guys who went to scout out um, those um, men uh, just decided to throw in the towel. They were like, mm, next to them, we feel like grasshoppers. And they decided, we're done. We're going back to the desert. And then two guys, uh, you might remember, Joshua and Caleb, they said, no. Heck no, we can totally take these guys on. And um, so what I remember and what I studied there was looking back a few chapters ahead, um, I noticed that Joshua had spent copious amounts of time in the presence of the Lord, in the tent they were calling. And I have a sneaking suspicion that it was there that Joshua was being told who he was, the promises that God had for him, and for them, and um, was being built up and strengthened so that when he was plucked in the face of those giants, he knew exactly, he found strength. He knew exactly where his strength was and he, he didn't give up. And um, what I encourage women to do is don't let the giants and your comparison to the other women who you feel are doing it better, are succeeding, are prettier, more talented, don't let your comparison kill you before the giants can because the israelites their comparisons when they said next to them we feel like grasshoppers their comparison shut them down before they could even get beat up <laughs> and um so we often get beat up by our insecurities and comparing ourselves with one another and so how i've learned to be strong is to spend time with the lord having him tell me who i am who I was created to be, what my purpose and my mission is, so I don't have to go scout out and see and, and spend too much time peering over what this woman's doing and her, her ministry is succeeding. Um, and so that is how I've found um, just new strength in, um, and boldness just to be who I am and to uh, not compare myself with others. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love how you tie that, you know, identity is so important, but it's, you know, getting your identity from what the Lord says about you and spending time with him. And yeah, I love that comparison where, okay, there's Joshua spending tons of time with the Lord. And then fast forward a couple chapters and you, you see the result of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about uh, how that has worked itself out in your own life? I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, eight years ago that yeah. there was a lot going on. So I'll, I'll give you a brief snippet of kind of my testimony was when I moved to Greenwich, um, I was surrounded, I was 20 years old and um, I was um, just overwhelmed by, I, you know, came from humble beginnings, just a, 
regular life, eating craft dinner, and you know, and then I was put into this world of, um, you know, uh, Wall Streeters and just the wealthiest of the wealthy, and there were women surrounding me who there was no competition. There was, you know, and um, I began to really fall into that comparison trap, feeling woe is me, almost blaming God and being mad at him, like, why did you bring me here to rub this in my face? And um, I just became a shrinking violet. All of my gifting shut down. I specifically, even one woman, I just honed in on her and compared my drawbacks to her strengths. And um, I just became, you know, a mess for a while and it really defeated me. And uh, it wasn't until um, I admitted it and went to a friend, um, a mentor, a trusted woman in the church, and we just started praying through, and I, I go through in the book of how I journeyed from really almost hating this woman and myself to loving her. And actually, that woman and I have been best friends and prayer partners for over a decade now. It's just an awesome story. Um, but... Um, so I feel like um, so many lessons I've learned have just been um, through that journey and allowing her to mentor me now and see the good in that and just realizing we're all on the same team here. Just because another one woman is succeeding doesn't mean I'm failing. Um, you know, often I share a little story in the book of, that our pastor had told about a little um, soccer team, like the little kids when they're swarming around, you know, and they don't really know the benefits of a team and passing the ball. And they were all trying to steal the ball from one another. And um, all, the, all the parents are on the sidelines yelling, same team, same team. You know, they're so frustrated, like just pass the ball. And um, so I just want to say to women, we are on the same team. We can all work together and be a cohesive unit and the Lord will use our strengths in different ways. And um, we don't have to be a clone or a counterfeit of another woman because um, when we do, we'll never, we'll never um, succeed. We just won't be another woman as well as she is <laughs> doing it herself. You know, I know there's that um, Albert Einstein quote, um, a, a fish, I feel like I have it somewhere. I want to say it right because I love it. Where'd it go? Oh, everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. I think there's a lot of women out there who are looking at other people going, I wish I could do that and be that, um, but they're, they're missing the point of who they are. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that it goes back to, you know, who does the Lord say I am and what has he gifted me with and being confident in that and confident in your relationship with him. Um, but then that changes the perspective because instead of comparing yourself to others and, you know, that making you feel, you know, insecure or feel better about yourself, you know, either way. Um, it then, creates a healthy imbalance. It actually, when you compare yourself, no matter what the finding is, you either have pride or insecurity, depending on what, what you surmise in the situation. And it's, it's unhealthy either way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in the body of Christ, we're all gifted in different ways. Um, I would love to hear you talk about that. You mentioned, you know, a couple people who have poured into you or circumstances where it was like you really needed someone at that moment to encourage you. Um, could you talk some about the importance of the body of Christ and community? In yeah, your absolutely. I mean, I am a product of several women who have poured into me and taken time, a, a couple of women in particular when I was younger and still has carried through throughout these years of them taking time. So I have, you know, my one friend that I was talking about for many years, we have off and on through kids and moving and things, we've tried to stay consistent with um, picking a day of the week and praying together over the phone because we now don't even, we live miles and miles of, across the country um, and just being consistent to, for them pouring into me and me just watching them and seeing them live life and raise their kids. And um, it's never been a, um, I want to teach you something. It's all always been me just watching and, and um, taking things in. So we do have to be teachable. I think that's one thing in life in general is just important is um, I've always just wanted to be better. I have so many flaws, but I'm, I look to find that woman who you want to be like and, um, and just watch her and live, live um, you know, take in all the things that, and notice the things that she does. So that's really been an important thing for me is, of course, we always say, um, you know, what would Jesus do? But I also have in the back of my head a couple of the other girls like, what would they do in this situation? and uh and really try to model myself after the women that i look up to yeah i love how you mentioned you know it takes being intentional about it and being teachable you know you're finding actively finding people that you're like man you know whatever area it, it is that's what i would want my life to look like um and being teachable in that uh, but i also like how you mentioned you know you're talking about praying over the phone mm -hmm. and i think sometimes we think okay body of christ community who am I around Sunday and maybe Wednesdays and that's, yeah. that's it. But, um, yes, that's it. But the body of Christ is, you know, <laughs> much more broad than that. So it can be, you know, someone that you're talking to weekly that you're not even physically around at all anymore. Yeah. We've moved around a lot, um, because of pastoring and ministry and all of that. And some of my closest friends, sadly, I wish they're around the corner one day in heaven, they'll be around the corner from me but um, they're spread across the country. Um, but now I'm being intentional to where God's planted me now to be that person for someone else, to be who those women were to me. And um, so met, I remember in um, our messages back and forth, you were talking about women, you're recognizing how lonely they are. And um, I'm recognizing and hearing that so much now with speaking this message is women are isolated and um, lonely and often we just need to be the friend. Don't be afraid. You know, I heard a statistic recently that the number one thing, I was surprised it wasn't body, but the number one thing women feel shame about is their homes. And, um, and I, I just, I've thought, wow, we need to just not be ashamed of welcoming women, just invite them into your space and um, be the friend. Don't be the friend you want to have. You've probably heard of that, but the enemy really wants to isolate us. Um, he knows that when we're divided, we're, um, you know, uh, there's a quote um, by Vista M. Kelly that says, 
Um, snowflakes are one of nature's most fragile things, but just look what they can do when they stick together. And I think, um, and the enemy knows that we, he wants to make us feel fragile and weak and like we're just gonna fizzle up. Um, but uh, when we stick together, we can be an avalanche of love for the women around us in our neighborhoods and communities. And when we give love, we get love. We, um, you know, we, uh, in turn, we're not lonely. And um, I think, you know, we just have to remember to stick together. And all of the things that I go through in this book um, are, uh, the first half are all spoilers, things that get in the way from us sticking together, things like gossip and jealousy and insecurity and pride and judging each other and prejudging each other. Um, because at, all of these things kind of keep us busy and nattering and distracted and that's what the enemy wants. Um, there was, let me just tell you one quick um, story. My husband just the other night, even after I wrote this book, I wish I had heard it before, but he showed me this video that was the perfect picture and I wish I could show it to everybody, but I'll try to describe it. It was two animals locking horns fighting. Like, I, I don't even know what they were. Um, and there were actually a couple other animals noticing what was happening, but they were so busy fighting with one another, they couldn't see that there was this lion or something darting towards them to come in and attack and kill. And sure enough, they he pounced on the both of them. One got away, but the other one was a goner. There's no way he survived. And that was a perfect image to me of what the enemy wants to do to women, is keep us distracted with all of these petty things that um, keep us insecure and fighting and competing and comparing and all of that stuff. Um, and keep us like that so he can come in and pounce on us. Um, but when we're sticking together, he has less chance of doing that for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny that you brought up that one of the things, you know, that people, that women are most insecure about is their home. You know, yeah. we were, we were joking before we hit record about, you know, if you could see the floors of the rooms that yes, right right now. nice on screen. Um, but I would love to hear you talk a little bit about that in your own life. How do you combat that mm -hmm. sort of those insecurities or those comparisons with yeah. other people? Okay. So um, when you were talking about strength earlier too, I think one of the things that's given me strength is vulnerability is um, the more I open up and I did that starting with my blog, the more I opened up about all of my failures and inadequacies and my messy home and my mistakes and things I've learned. I kind of have a theme on my blog, lessons I've learned. And it's, um, you know, sharing all of the stuff that I've gone through in hopes that it would help people. And what I've realized is it actually unites me with other women. And there's like this strength in me too. And it's awesome to know that another woman, you know, we, we're afraid to like go knock on the door of, of a neighbor's house or somebody um, it's funny because I've been delivering books and locally and, and t-shirts that we had made to some of um, my friends and I've just been like oh I'm just gonna leave it at the door because I don't nowadays we just don't want to let others in our world um, and I think that um, when we're vulnerable um, we're able to lighten one another's load I, I share a story in the book about um, kind of letting it all hang out, um, your dirty laundry. Um, and 
it was a quick story about um, my son. I had realized I didn't wash his um, baseball uniform and I was feeling like a failure. He had to go off to baseball in this disgusting uniform. And when I got there, I'm pretending, you know, everything's fine. And then all the moms that were talking, two of them admitted, I totally forgot to wash so-and-so's uniform. He's in a disgusting uniform right now. And I said, me too. And when we all had that moment of letting our guard down and letting them know of our failures, all of a sudden that sigh of frustration turned into the sigh of relief and we all unified in our failures. And um, so that's been an important thing for me is to just let it all hang out there and realize that we're all works in progress and we all are just regular, regular girls trying to make it work at our houses. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, people have this idea, oh no, if I let people in or if I show them the mess, mm -hmm. then um, that will push people away or, you know, when it's the opposite, you know, so like, like you mentioned, you know, lies that the, the enemy wants us to believe. Um, and so with that, what's, what's a common lie that you think um, you've noticed women believe, uh, or that's something that a lot of women struggle with, but it's based in a lie, you know, where it's like, oh, I sh if that was taken out, then this would, this would go away. Yeah. Um, so probably one big one um, is that if there's somebody already doing it out there, then I might as well not. Like, um, if she's succeeding in this area, oh, the spot is filled. Um, and, and so, you know, I've done that before. Um, but re in reality, there is room enough, like there's so much room. And we often turn, um, turn things into a competition and, and, um, you know, a, a flower that's blooming in a garden isn't looking over going, Oh, is that one blooming first? Or is that, you know, um, no, it just blooms and the other one beside it just blooms and there's room enough in the garden for all the flowers to bloom and guess what? It creates this beautiful thing. Um, and so I realized that if we shrink back just because there's another woman blooming, then you're kind of taking away from the beauty of what God's trying to create. And so, um, so that's been something um, I've learned is to... Uh, if, if another one woman is succeeding, it doesn't mean I'm failing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, just thinking, okay, well, how many blogs are there out there? How many people exactly. write books? You know, if, if you use those things as, oh, well, that's already been done. You know, I'm not going to do it. It's mm -hmm. like, well, if the Lord has something for you to do, yeah, it, there may be some similarities to what other people are doing, but that's okay. You know, he knows how he wants the garden to fit together. Yeah, that actually happened to me because I said this has been an eight-year project and some of those things that I thought, oh, those are like little nuggets of Lord. And then I started seeing other women, um, you know, saying those things and writing those things and speaking them at events. And I'm like, hey, that's mine. And, you know, I got frustrated for a while. And then I realized, wait a minute, I am here and God's put me in this place for such a time as this. And a lot of the women that are watching me right now um, probably haven't read that blog from Ann Camp, or or maybe they have, <laughs> but um, you know, so many other women out there, um, we can all just work together and often the Lord will just use even the same message over and over again 
his word is living and active and he'll use that same thing um, for a woman at the right time. And so we, you know, we can't just keep that in our heads thinking that it's putting God in a box for sure. Uh, what would you say to someone who, you know, maybe they have an idea or they have this vision that they think, oh, you know, the Lord wants me to do this. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they don't know what it is, but they have some sort of, you know, like they feel like they should be doing more or want to be doing more and they don't really know what it's going to look like or how that's the Lord's going to work that out. Um, yeah. How would you encourage them? Um, I would just say be faithful where God planted you, be faithful in the little things. And I know there's a lot of moms watching, young moms, I've been in that position, um, or you're building something for someone else, you're working for another business, you're um, you know, doing something that you probably don't wanna be doing right now. Um, just be faithful in the little things because when you are, opportunities open, the Lord just opens doors. And when we are faithful, um, we have a little phrase in our house. We, you do your best and God do, does the rest. Let God do the rest. So when we do our best, we just let God do the rest. And um, I know my husband, who's a, a recording artist and a, a worship leader, um, well-known in Canada. Um, so a lot of people, he'll do seminars to kind of, um, uh, for worship leaders and things like that. And often a question he'll be, he, he will be asked is, how did you get to where you are? And, you know, thinking this is, of course, in his mind, it's always, it sh I should be doing more, I should be doing more, but he always tells people, and I, I have learned the same thing, that he said, I started out being a youth leader, being my youth pastor's right-hand man. Before I ever started leading worship in the youth group, I was setting up chairs and tearing them down, and opportunities came out of that. And that turned into leading leading in my youth group. And then that turned into leading in the kids' church. And then that turned into leading in big church. And then that turned into leading in um, at a retreat or a conference or a camp. And now on stage um, for, you know, opening for bigger acts. And um, it just builds. And he said it all started by being faithful in the little things. And yes, we're not always going to um, have a perfect attitude about that. Um, we all want more, but I would just say, um, be faithful where you're planted and, and bloom. <laughs> That's my alarm to get my son off the bus, but my husband's doing it. <laughs> the only alarm. <laughs> just be faithful where God planted you. <laughs> yeah, I love that, that, you know, well, even if you have an idea of long-term, you're probably not prepared for it yet. You know, it takes also the growth of being faithful in those things yes. um, to be prepared for what he has for you. I tell you, if this book came out and all of that five years ago, even two years ago, I would not have been ready. Mm -hmm. um, and so God's timing, just also trust God's timing. Trust that he knows better than you. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to someone who's, you know, they're watching this and they're like, okay, well, you are a blogger and, you know, you've worked in a business with your husband and you wrote a book and you're being interviewed. And I just, you know, like all these things, I'm comparing myself to you and like, that's not what the Lord has for me at all. You know, what would you say to them? Um, you know, obviously don't compare. <laughs> um, let me see. I would just say, um, I'm trying to put myself in that situation of, of you know, where, where I was. I mean, first of all, it really is just hard work. And I, if you were, if I was to take this 
computer and show you around the house. Like everything's just normal. And so much of what we do is, um, you know, I'm doing this interview and then, but before that, I won't show you, I'll put, my, I have a bandaid here because before that I was chopping sweet potatoes in the kitchen trying to prep for dinner tonight um, and cut myself. And most of the rest of the day is just normal and just like you and um, everything that um, is accumulating has just been years of growth and trying to be faithful and messing up. Um, and I think the Lord just will honor. And also, don't, um, don't live for those things, those dreams for those moments. Just live for the Lord because everything that, uh, and I know Dan's, um, my husband said this before too, is everything where we are now, years ago we would have thought, oh, we've arrived. Um, but it, they're just so fleeting. These moments are fleeting, the, the fulfillment of them. So just live for the Lord and live to be faithful and don't live um, for the praise of man or criticism. Um, just be faithful to do what God's planted you to do and all that other stuff is just fluff. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, you said don't live for those moments, live for the Lord. Yeah. Um, that is a complete, you know, mind shift. It takes renewing your mind to live that way. But I love that because it changes everything. You know, if that's your outlook, it changes everything because yeah. wherever you're at, well, that's where the, the Lord has placed you. That's where he wants you to be faithful right now. So live for him there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, what's something that the Lord is teaching you, you know, more recently uh, in this season of your life? Hmm. Man, I feel like he's teaching me things over and over again. Probably just honestly what I just finished saying that all these things that we aspired to do or to be or to acquire just don't add up to much in the real thing. And there's no satisfaction. I remember writing a blog years ago about my brown couch this is to yes the lord is still trying to work on me in this area um it was a pottery barn couch that i had wanted forever and you know you have this thing in your mind like once i get at this i'm gonna be fulfilled like oh the living room will be perfect or whatever um and what i learned was literally the moment i had a custom designed and everything and the moment that the movers were bringing it and setting it into my living room i was going I hate it. I'm, I'm thinking this because I didn't, my husband would be terrified or would be, you know, so annoyed. I told him this after, but I was like, I hate it. It not only let me down, it disappointed me. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment, the, the things of this world that you're aspiring to achieve or have, they're not all they're cracked up to be. And again, just this past week, I've been wanting to paint our front sunroom because it's been drab and blah, 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 you know, thinking. And then when I put it on, I was like, yeah, it's green now. It's not white. And so the Lord kind of was showing me again, the things of this world do not satisfy. And what we're striving for, um, you know, make it be something that is has eternal value. That's really um, what's important. Yeah. I love that. So what does life look like for you right now? Um, as you know, your book recently came out and, um, yeah, just what, what have things looked like with all of that? Yeah, it's a mix of normal and chaos. 
so there's a lot of normal, you know, trying to get the boys. Um, we've been away touring and we're about to go on vacation, much needed vacation next week um, in California, which I'm really excited about. I've never been. But um, so a mix of normal and trying to get stuff done around the house and all of that. And then just um, the Lord opening up doors, even this right here. Um, it's cool when he, um, you know, gives you a mission and, and says, go do this the doors will just open. And um, so the Lord's providing a lot of um, a lot of press. I haven't had to do anything. He's just promoting this book, which is cool because it's his message for the women of the church. So um, there's a lot of, you know, speaking engagements and um, I'm hoping to start a podcast soon. So, you know, after when uh, we talk about how women can, can find where I am, my little hub in, in cyberspace, um, there's just a lot of planning and dreaming um, but still a lot of just normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Normal life, but then also some fun, fun, yeah. uh, adventures as well. Exactly. Um, so with that, yeah. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. Most recently where you can grab and I'll, I'll do another shot of the book again. Why can't we all just get along? Cause you can find it on Amazon, of course. Um, and we're working on other outlets. Um, you can look up Danielle McCauley, or we've started a website, getalonggirl.com. Um, my blog, um, now I actually love food. I'm kind of a foodie. So I have a part food, part spiritual nourishment. So my inspirational writings um, at a blog called frommilktomeat.com. Um, so you can find me there. And then of course, you know, Facebook, Danielle McCauley, or From Milk to Meat, and then Instagram, I think it's Danielle Macaulay 80. Now you know how old I am, 1980. Um, and uh, so yeah, find me there and you can keep up with all the crazy things that are going on. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been an awesome conversation. And I love seeing just how, how the Lord uses our lives, you know, as preparation, but also then he turns around and uses those things to encourage other people too. And so even, you know, in the day to day, just being faithful in those little things. Well, then the Lord says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to turn around and use that in a way that maybe yes. you didn't expect. So totally. Some of the most powerful women in ministry I know, and just changing lives all have story and they've turned their lemons into lemonade and to encourage other women and, and live their best life. So I'm, I hope I've been a blessing to some ladies out there for sure. Thank you so much, Danielle. <laughs>
but to do it with him, following his lead and relying on him every step of the way. For more details, go to createdforstrength.com slash community. And right now, you'll also get a Created for Strength t-shirt with your first month's membership. Woohoo, a t-shirt! Now, I know that if the Lord is calling you to more, then this group will be helpful to you in knowing how to walk this thing out with him and in his strength. So go to createdforstrength.com community to get the t-shirt and to check out the community.